All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, April 4th of 2023. Coming at you with a big 11-game MLB main slate. We have an 11-game hockey slate as well as a 13-game NBA slate. So ton of DFS action coming at you on a Tuesday. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You can post questions live in the YouTube chat or in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it. A lot of Interesting DFS conversation happening each and every day. If you are a member of the channel and have been keeping up with some of the conversation has been quite interesting uh, to this point in the day, especially since baseball has started. But that being said, going to get the app pulled up here and uh, we are going to jump right in here. So looks like our first question came in from uh, Steve. And question says, what are some of the best ways to use SaberSim for single entry GPPs? So good question here. Happy to cover a uh, single entry strategy to this point. So I would say that, you know, you probably don't need to do too much in the home screen here. Um, just to kind of piggyback this point with another question that came in. So question here from Rusty Russ, just going to kind of answer these together here. Uh, Rusty Russ said, what, uh, ways to set up rules for one-offs for MLB, for example, only batters with at least 0.12 home runs. So uh, we, we use a similar rule. We've talked about a similar rule uh, pretty frequently up to this point in the MLB season. So basically it looks like this. So you would use a group rule. It would be selection method automatic. And you're basically going to write like the opposite of this. So what you're going to say is if at least one player from a team who has a home run rate and then you said 0.12, so I'm going to roll with that. So who has a home home run rate less than 0.12, then use at least, we'll say, two players on the same team. And so what this is going to say is like, hey, you know, uh, Rusty Russ is saying, I only want to use players who have a 0.12 home run rate as a one-off. So to combat that, what you say is, okay, so if anybody is less than a 0.12 home run rate, Make sure you use them in a stack. So this is this type of rule will uh, protect you from from those type of one-offs here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to save it as a manual rule. That way um, I can go in and just kind of show you guys what is actually happening here. So what we are doing is we are going through every single team on the slate, finding all of the batters who have a home run rate less than 0.12, and then putting them in a group and then saying, okay, if at least one of these guys is used, I have to use at least two of these other guys on this secondary player group. And then once you like verify that, make sure it all looks good, you could go back and then save this as an automatic rule. Uh, the good thing about saving it as automatic is when projections update, when um, you know stats update, uh, this will automatically update. So say we had a guy like right on the cusp who was a 0.11 uh, home run rate if our sim runs and then he gets moved to a point one two well then the rule will update and then uh, make changes to the groups accordingly without you having to go back in and do any of that manually but getting back to the original question so you know the reason i brought it up was uh you know uh 
activate any rules that you have, any rules you want to set here. These are just probably rules that we used from a previous demo here. Um, but make sure you have any rules active. Make sure you have any uh, filters active. I just put on these like basic batter and pitcher filters uh, just to like not see relief pitchers here. So if I'm going through my pitchers and I'm, I'm scrolling here, uh, I don't really want to see anybody who's not a starter, any of these guys down here. So the great thing I could do is just put in a my projection filter here of like six, which is like the bottom range of these starters. And then I could just use this hide removed players. That way they're not even in my table. I don't even have to see them. And then I do the same thing for batters. I use like a four point projection filter. That's like usually the bottom projected batters here. And then I could just see. So yeah, so we're usually not going to have any batters less than four projected points. So just to kind of uh, clear up some clutter and make this a little easier to see. But aside from that, I'm really not doing anything else in the home screen here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go in, uh, choose my settings. So let's say single entry, uh, usually 100 to 1,000 entrance is pretty normal here. And then just going to run my 500 lineups and uh, do most of my work in the post build here. So I think that is the best place to uh, try and um, add value or or make adjustments or really get your hands dirty. The, the issue with doing that in the home screen is that you are now changing the inputs to the builder. So if, if you make an adjustment or, um, you know, have, have a take and then it does not go wrong, it could really affect your entire set of lineups. So I know we're only building like one, we're talking about one to three entry here, but if you're building, you know, 150 max and you have a take, and um, you, you put that in the home screen, that can be a lot more aggressive and uh, basically a lot more like detrimental to your lineups. If, if it goes the wrong way, you're a lot safer making those adjustments in the post build here. So let's say we're playing like a three max here. I'm going to build uh, three lineups. Uh, my sorting method is going to be chosen automatically here. Uh, what I'm going to do, so what I would always suggest is starting right to left with these columns here. So basically you're going to start with like a zoomed out approach and then kind of zone in. So we start with stack types, move to game stack, move to team stacks, and then finally we end up on players. So I think that this is always the best approach is to start wide and kind of work your way down. But before I even do that, I'm going to go even further to the right here and I'm going to start with the min unique players. So there's about 10 players in this lineup here. I'm just going to set this to half of my lineup by default and then see what kind of effect that has. So I'm looking at the top three lineups in this pool. Uh, great news is that all three of these lineups already have five players different from every other player in, in, in these three lineups here. So what Mean Uniques is doing is saying, hey, for all of, all of my number of lineups, whether this is one, three, 20, 150, uh, make sure that no two lineups have greater than five players the same. So there's 10, 10 um, players in this lineup. So I'm saying that, hey, I want I want at least five players different. So I'm going to set that to like a default value uh, right off the bat. I just usually pick like about halfway in my lineup. If this is having no effect, you could even try going higher and, and seeing what it is. So, I mean, we're at, we're at six. We're already over halfway in our lineup and still no change. So I think it's fine where it is. Uh, that just tells me that my pool is very diverse right off of the bat without me doing anything. So I've started at my min uniques, gonna work to the left now, go to my stack types. Am I happy with my stack types? Uh, we didn't set any type of stacking rule here, but just with the correlation slider being at a value of eight, 
uh, we're already getting at minimum a four three and five twos here. So I'm I'm totally fine with this. Game stacks here, only one game stack in our three lineups. I think that's okay. And then moving into team stacks here. So in the team stacks tab, I also like to come in here and then start from right to left. So you know who are my five step? Who are my five stacks? Who are my big stacks here? And then you know who are my four stacks? My threes, my twos. Just kind of spot checking, seeing seeing if anything looks uh, really strange here. I would say one thing that I am checking for is uh, pool exposure, right? So um, you know it would kind of be weird to come in here and if I have four percent five stack pool exposure for that to be one hundred percent Texas, I might want to rethink that. I might want to look into that. Uh, something right off the bat is uh, this Toronto is sticking out like a sore thumb to me. T- Toronto is in 30, about 35% of my pool, and I have no five stacks of them. I would want to go over to the all tab and then see. So, like, we have 49% Toronto stacks in our pool, but we have none in our top three here. That tells me that they're probably really chalky here. So I just want to go over to my um, – my my players here really quick just to check something and i'm going to sort by um by ownership and it looks like they are really chalky with merrifield 25 percent danny jansen 24 percent and then look where these guys are at in the order six and eight um we have another three players all above like 17 percent here so so toronto is like the big chalky stack of the day I uh, don't know if I want to full fade them here, but like, but like these are the questions that you should be kind of asking yourself. Um, are you okay full fading the the chalkiest stack of the day? Maybe you want one stack with them. You know, you're playing three lineups, and then you're saying like, hey, you know, don't want to full fade the chalk. Uh, want to make sure I'm getting to at least one stack of them in my set here. You can go see what kind of stack that is. So that looks like it, it is a three stack here, and then you kind of. Uh, either you know come in here and spot check the lineup like okay lineup 23 in my pool uh it looks like a 5-3 with the Mets and Toronto am I okay playing that lineup right so um we're, we're we're not to that point yet but I think that you know that is like one adjustment that you should be uh looking for uh checking your pool seeing if you're okay with all with the way all of these lineups are working out here so then I'm, I'm done in my team stacks I'm not really doing much beyond that then getting over to my players here, probably going to start with my pitchers and then see what pitchers I'm getting. So getting a lot of Scherzer, showing up a lot in our pool, uh, getting some Bieber, getting Mats. I think that's totally okay. You could sort by pool and then see who you are missing. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not playing Castillo. We're not playing Framber. Uh, their pool exposures are both lower than their uh, ownership here. So, and then also their adjusted ownership is a little higher than their SaberSim ownership here. So just like, uh, you know, just what what is adjusted ownership? That is our way of, you know, saying if a player is um, more variant than, than uh, how do I say this? Always hard, to, always hard to explain, still a new concept. So adjusted ownership is basically our way of taking into account whether or not a player is highly variant or not. The best example here is looking at um, batters and pitchers. So what you're going to see if I go and find a batter here, uh, Danny Jansen, great example. So his ownership is about 24%. His adjusted ownership is 35%. So his adjusted ownership is about 11% higher than his ownership. What that what that is basically trying to say is like, hey, you know, Danny Jansen's projection might be 8.18 here, uh, but there is still over 50% of his outcomes 
are are lower than that number and you should be a little careful uh thinking that he's going to get to this outcome often because you know his highest outcomes are zero and and less than five here uh, and then he has this big tail event where you know some of these outlier one percent outcomes where he hits one maybe two home runs are really making up for that um lack of consistency that lack of a normal distribution here this is a right skewed data set here so just be careful uh playing him in too many lineups you know there's a very good chance that he gets less than his projection on this slate so that is what adjusted ownership is taking into account uh, going to be a lot less, um, you're going to see lower adjusted ownerships with pitchers here. We could see this distribution much closer to a normal distribution with a lot of outcomes around the mean here. And um, so I, I would be much like more open to playing Louis Castile than like Danny Jansen in this example here. But but these are just some of the things that I'm, I'm looking at. I'm, I'm spot checking, making sure I'm okay with it here. I, I'm totally okay with playing the pitchers that we've got and fading the pitchers that we don't have, um, I would be happy taking this set with me into my lineup. So I think that this right to left approach in the post build is going to be your best friend when analyzing uh, your lineups in the post build. But, but yeah, I mean, my, my one to three max strategy doesn't really go beyond that. I would be happy playing these lineups at this point. Uh, CTID forever said, how does this apply on FanDuel seeing that they're, are uh, only one pitcher on the site? Uh, good question. I would say that, you know, we can hop over to FanDuel and uh, look at it, but I, I, I'm looking at the similar things in the post build as far as, um, as far as pool exposure, as far as ownership, as far as adjusted ownership, uh, you know, what are my top exposures? Who am I not playing? You know, like I want to see my biggest leverages and then I want to see my biggest negative leverages as well. So it's really important to understand, okay, you know, these are the players I'm taking a stand on. These are the plan, these are the players I'm taking a stand against. And am I okay taking a stand against these players? Uh, similar to the Toronto stack, you know, I was saying like, hey, I have no Toronto. That means I'm taking basically taking a stand against them. Am I okay with that? And in that instance, I was not. And and that is like a slate by slate uh answer or or um decision, really. But on on this slate with you know, Toronto being super chalk, I didn't really want to full fade them. Okay, so going to go and look at my pitchers here. Um, we're playing Max Scherzer. That's like really consistent with what we were seeing on DraftKings. Going to sort by pool exposure here. So he is our highest pool exposed pitcher. Uh, we are also, you know, positive pool leverage on him as opposed to our second pool exposure pitcher, which is Framber Valdez. But we are um, negative pool leverage here where his ownership is higher than his pool exposure coming up here. Uh, you Darvish is interesting. Shane Bieber's interesting. You know, I'd be okay playing some of these other guys, but I'm fine playing Scherzer here. Uh, the one thing about playing only one pitcher is that, you know, your, your leverages, your, uh, the way you get different from the field is really going to come from your roster construction and the teams and the batters and the spots in the order. And, you know, the type of stacks that you're playing, uh, I, it's, it's pretty like common knowledge. I would say on FanDuel to not try to get super cute with your pitchers. Uh, pitchers are normally distributed as we've seen, and it's, it's okay to eat some chalk at pitcher and then try to get different elsewhere on FanDuel specifically. 
Uh, Mike said, do you, do you use the point ten rule on FanDuel as well? Uh, yes, I think that's a good general rule for all, all slates, whether you're playing FanDuel, DraftKings, Owner's Box, Yahoo. Uh, I think that the rule makes sense just from a stacking perspective, and I would be fine using it across all sites. All right, uh, moving on to our next question in the Discord. Jay Rupert had a question here. Says, how to refine your MLB DFS process first time playing the beginning of the season. So, Jay Rupert, I think this was a great demo for you here. If you missed it, you know, just just uh, scroll back to the beginning of the video and watch it from the beginning. But I would say that if you are new to a sport, if you are new uh, to to a uh, to a site or something like that along those lines, uh, start out with one lineup. Start out with a handful of lineup and slowly, slowly grow that. So. You know, play one to three lineups for a week. Play, you know, then play a 20 max. Then work your way up to 150 max. But don't just jump into something and then start max mass multi-entering it. Um, I would I would start a lot slower and then just see if you can get a good process with one lineup and then expand that, learn to scale it from there. But I would follow this demo and uh, use this as like some general guidelines. If you guys are looking for other uh, good MLB content, over on our YouTube channel, Jordan released a series of videos talking about MLB strategy to start the season. And we even had our models interview with uh, Eric and Will from our uh, models team, two of our data scientists over there. So if, you, if you're looking for that over on the YouTube channel, go to playlists, go to how to beat MLB DFS in 2023, and then uh, check out these videos. Uh, plenty of short, quick hitter videos here, and then a uh, more in-depth look at our MLB, MLB model uh strengths weaknesses places to add value was a really good interview with uh the three of them there all right i'm gonna get saberson pulled back up here and gonna keep it rolling uh question about golf from Teddy g a good time to ask a golf question for those of you uh, who don't know masters is starting up on thursday morning should be a really fun tournament augusta is always a good time of the year all right uh question from teddy Andrew, I have been using review mode consistently since PGA started in the last month or so. I have found that after filtering, I have left some big teams out of my lineup pool. Do you have any suggestions when it comes to filtering? So I have more of a chance of getting those teams in my final lineups. So good question here. Let's go over to um, to golf here and let's go over to DraftKings. We're going to go to golf, pull up this tournament here. Um, it is Tuesday. Uh, morning, afternoon, depending where you're at. So we, we we do have projections and ownership loaded up in the slate now. This usually comes up on like Tuesday morning-ish. So if anybody's been waiting to dive into uh, running some builds and some test builds and looking at some stuff, uh, this is all ready for, for you to go now. But, um, but what I would say is that, you know, first I would just make my two changes, you know, going to come in here, run some lineups, and then let's just get into the post build. I'm really not doing too much in the home screen unless there's like a weather split so not really sure what the weather looks like here but if there's a weather split might go in and put a rule to say you know uh, we we have tea times in the app so you could use tea times as part of your rules so like maybe you know use four players from this weather split and try to capture some of that tea time uh correlation or or you know strokes gained edge here but in the post build uh so we do have golf specific saber scores here that's one of the things that we've been doing across all sports here. So with our 
new Saber Score 2.0 updates. We are going on a sport by sport basis and creating different grading formulas in the post build here. So we have different Saber Scores for NBA, different Saber Scores for MLB, different Saber Scores for golf now. And then you get a open these up and then see what these um, metrics are indeed grading and doing. So all of this is uh, derived from backtesting that Matt's done in content sims and trying to figure out what uh, formulas uh, led to the highest EV uh, portfolios of lineups in his testing here. So that's what this is all derived from here. I, I would say, you know, it, it, it always sucks when, um, you, you enter lineups and then, you know, you, your highest actual scoring lineup is somewhere else in your pool. The, the easiest way to combat that is to play more lineups. And I'm not saying to, you know, go and extend yourself from a bankroll perspective, but make sure that you are maxing out all of the, all of the contests under $3 following the DFS profit plan, getting as many unique lineups in play as you can. If you are consistently building strong pools of lineups where you have strong actual scores, the, the best thing that you can do is play more from that set. Uh, and then that will just increase the chances that you get those lineups in your contest and then increase the frequency that if you have a strong process, if you're doing this week in, week out, uh, you're just going to get to those lineups more and more often there. So first and foremost, you know, uh, if you're primarily a single entry 3D max player, you know, maybe experiment with some 20 maxes, uh, maybe some 150 maxes, and then open that up. But aside from that, uh, you know, uh, what I can say is like, if we knew what lineups were going to be the highest actual scoring lineups, we would obviously put those at the top of your pool. These Saber score formulas have been back tested and we do our very best to try and put the lineups that we think have the highest pos positive EV at the top of your pool. And, you know, we expect this lineup here to win the most money if this slate was to be run, you know, 10,000 times, 100,000 times, et cetera there. So uh, really, really unfortunate when that happens. Uh, it, it definitely sucks. I would say just hang in there, keep working hard, keep building good pools. Another thing that you can experiment with is um, the fill methods here. So I don't have a entries file for golf, but if you are, you know, filling unique rank and you're uh, not happy with, you know, like your top three lineups in your 20, uh, maybe try unique random and be open to, you know, having your top contest in your entries file be filled with one of the lower, lineups in your set of 20 and, and and just kind of accept some of that variance is another way to try and shake things up a little bit there all right uh going to keep rolling here question from miguel ag and miguel said is there a way on mlb to get a pitcher's exposure without the bats from his team like tonight if i want scherzer and none of the Nationals' bats. Uh, yeah, definitely. So you can go back to MLB here, going to hover back to the main slate, and then just going to jump into one of these builds that I already ran, and we can talk about it there. But the easiest thing to do would be to set max exposures. So going to go into this build. All right, so we have our three lineups here um, that we were working with earlier. Let's say I'm, I want to play Scherzer in 100% of my lineups. Let's say that I'm getting some Met stacks here. All you do is you just go to this team stacks, you go to all, and then in the max exposure column, you set it to zero, and then you just hit apply. And then now I'm basically getting to Scherzer with no met stacks. So that is the easiest way to handle that. All right. Had a question here uh, from Kurt. Uh, you know, Kurt is a man of the people and always trying to get 
answers for users here. So there was some discussion going on in the MLB channel earlier today derived from this question. Happy to give my two cents on it. Uh, question is, hypothetically, would it be better to enter 40 lineups in a 150 max contest at a lower buy-in or enter 20 lineups in a 20 max at a higher buy-in? So this is a good question. Basically, the uh, where this question is kind of derived from is should you be playing 40 lineups in the 50 cent mini max or should you be playing 20 lineups in the $1 20 max? And um, my my take on this after, uh, you know, going into the contest lobby and, and, and being familiar with these contests is um, that I would probably be playing the $1 20 max before playing the 50 cent 150 max here. So if you were to just do the math on this, I think that something to always be aware of is how many players does it take to max out this contest? We call that unique entrance. So the fewer unique entrants there are, the more entries in a contest that can be taken up by the sharp players. So let's say that there is a hundred entry tournament, but it's a 20 max. It really only takes five players to max that tournament out. And there are going to be plenty of good players who have access to those contests uh, that can take up a lot of equity in those contests. So by by playing that 20 max first where there are more unique entrants um, or, or if there are more unique entrants, I would lean toward that contest first. Uh, there's nothing wrong with playing 40 entries in a 150 entry contest. It is totally okay to play less than the max. You know, we've talked about this concept where in theory you're entering your highest expected value lineup first and then every lineup below that is technically lower EV. And then also, you know, no two lineups can win first place together. Uh, unless like you're entering the same lineup more than once, which I would really highly recommend. But what, but what you were doing when you were entering more than one lineup is that you are trying to increase the rate at which you win that contest by entering more lineups and, um, getting to that instance quicker. So I, in this instance, I would go with the $1 20 max over the 40 entries in the 50 cent mini max there. All right, jumping over to the YouTube chat. Question here from Duck21. Question is, I've watched the profit plan and trying to get a better strategy in place. They mentioned creating a unique lineup for each entry. Today, I am playing 501 NBA lineups. During my build, would I just set my lineups to 501 and my pool size to 5,000 and generate that way? Or should I create multiple sets of lineups since I am playing in multiple 150 maxes? Okay. Really good question. So what Duck is referring to is our DFS profit plan video. There was also some discussion about this in the channel today in the NBA MLB channel uh, with the previous question that we referenced. So it's over on our YouTube on the home screen. You can scroll down to this new here, start here first, and it's start winning more with our DFS profit plan. Basically, it is a contest selection framework that we created through lots of backtesting. If you're interested in that backtesting, it's uh, you could find an in-depth analysis in our behind the Sims uh, playlist. That was actually our first behind the Sims series that we did here with Eric and Jordan uh, talking about this analysis. So it's this behind the Sims contest selections action episodes one through five here. And uh, just getting back to, you know, basically what the DFS profit plan talks about the too long didn't read of it is that you should be separating your contest selection 
into single entries in three maxes as like one build and your 20 maxes and 150 maxes as a separate build and then entering about 25 to 50 percent of your bankroll allocation into the single entries in three maxes 50 to 75 percent of your bankroll allocation into the 20 maxes and 150 maxes and then playing 2.5 to 5 percent of your bankroll on a uh like night to night or like slate uh on on any uncorrelated slate basically here so like i wouldn't enter more than five percent across all of these because the the main slate does account for all of these turbos and the night slate here but that is what the dfs profit plan is about so if i had 501 unique entries here what i would do is i would split that up and then let's say i have 20 single entries and three maxes and then the other 481 lineups are all 20 max and 150 max i would do two builds i would do a 20 lineup build and then i would do a 481 lineup build and then fill all of those together which you could do from the post build here so say you have multiple contests here uh i would just sort by entries that way you would have like your 150s and your 20s all at the top and then i would just uncheck all of the single entries and three maxes uh, fill your lineups for the 150s and then, you know, run another build and then go and fill the other contests with the other build. But the entry editor makes all of that really easy, really seamless. And I would take advantage of the entry editor for uh, entering those contests once you are done with your two builds. All right. Uh, next question here from 2G2Great. What's the best way to set a rule to target players from high-scoring games on the slate for NBA, what's the best way to use the minimax exposures when you input the number you want for players? Uh, so this is a good question. I would say that, you know, okay, let's go over to NBA. So I'm just going to hover over to NBA. I think if I think if you, you know this is something you want, I would probably just make a rule for it. So let's say that I want to pick all the teams – that have over 120 points here. So what I would do is I would go to lineup rules. I would go to stack. And then I would say stack at least two. I think two is fine. And then I would just change this eligible teams here. And then I would just scroll through here and see what teams I want. So let's say Milwaukee. Let's say Golden State, Phoenix, Lakers, and Memphis here. So then I would just change this eligible team. So I would go in and just uncheck all these guys. And then I would just leave the ones checked that I want. So we said Milwaukee, we said Golden State, Phoenix, Memphis, and I thought there was a fourth one. But let's let's just, or I thought there was a fifth one. But we'll just keep with these teams. These four teams is is totally fine here. So then what you're gonna say is like, hey, in every lineup, I want to have at least two players from one of these four teams, not all four teams. Um, you know, not, not too many players, but what we're doing is we're just pushing the builder in the direction that we want to go and then giving it some base guidelines and saying, Hey, make sure my lineups have at least this, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But I would use some type of stacking rule to accomplish what you are trying to do here. And then I would just adjust the eligible teams. All right. Good question there. Uh, next question from Ryan. Ryan said the overlay on the smaller sites has been more valuable for NBA then MLB, the late swap edge in NBA gives me a higher chance to take advantage of the overlay on a single night, long-term um, close though. So so I would say that, you know, 
Uh, for those of you who are not aware, with our owner's box promotion, I would really take advantage of the overlay on this site. So we partnered with owner's box uh, just at the beginning of the MLB season here. We have a promotion. You know, we, we support them in the app. You could just change the site, go over to owner's box. We have NBA and MLB support. All of the contests or, or most of like the main GPP contest, they have a 25 cent, 150 max. They have a $1, 150 max. They have a $5, 20 max. And then they have a flagship like 12 or $15, um, like 45 ish max entry. Uh, all of those contests have been overlaying pretty consistently here. I've been keeping an eye on it, playing a lot of my volume on there to take advantage of that overlay because I'm sure it's not going to last forever here. But if you sign up for owner's box and you use promo code Saber or SaberSim, we will track your entry fees. And then for uh, if, if you enter up to $3,500 over, you know, however long it takes you, a week, a month, three months, six months, whatever. Uh, when you reach this marker, we will reach out to you and say, hey, you know, you've achieved one free month of SaberSim. Do you want to um, accept that? Or do you want to wait until you get to $5,000 in entry fees and then get one free month of pro? Or we have an option for our prop plan as well here. So uh, they also have a $500 deposit bonus. Would highly recommend taking advantage of the overlay here. So the contest, you know, is, is um, I think FanDuel and DraftKings are about 15% rake. Their rate is 16%, but then on top of that, the contests are still not filling. I would say the contest is probably about like 20% not filling. So you get no rake and then you get additional overlay of about three to 4% there. So that's kind of what I've seen up to this point. Would highly recommend checking it out. All right, going to keep rolling here, but, but just to build on Nelson's point. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you can get one, you get overlay and then Two, you get late swap edge where players are not optimally late swapping or late swapping at the right frequency. That's just additional edge, right? So the best thing that you can do is uh, find contests with the softest opponents. It seems like you're doing the right thing there, uh, Ryan. All right, next question. It seems when I'm running my lineups, even though Scherzer is higher projected on FanDuel, my Valdez lineups are better because I can't get as many high projected bat bats. Great content sim or Great content, Sam. Yeah, no, I mean, those are trade-offs you have to make, right? And I think that's why it's important to do some post-build analysis. Like, okay, you know, if I can get to this player, what am I giving up? What am I um, not getting to? And so I think understanding where your leverages are uh, in in what you have and then, and then understanding what you're not getting to by playing these lineups is really important. So glad to hear that you are doing that analysis. All right, Josh Gillum said, 22 MLB teams to choose... From last night, the two teams I landed on were 5-3 Rangers, O stacks. Final score was 2-0, the lowest scoring game on the slate. Hey, man, it happens. A uh, great thing about DFS is that it is daily fantasy sports. It's keyword daily. So, you know, yesterday's slate is gone. Time to move on to the next slate. And a lot of times, you know, with DFS, it really only takes uh, one to two slates a year for or a season for you to get right to pay off, you know, your entry fees and get you to a positive, um, positive season overall here. So hang in there, you know, DFS is a hard sport, high variance, but the payouts are exponential. So, uh, just keep grinding it out. All right. Uh, Yelp said, I'm confused on the fill my entry editor when I download my CSV and try to click upload, nothing happens. Okay. So, so if I were to come in here right now and go to my entries, and I were to hit download template file, uh, there's no template file for me to download because I don't have any entries for NBA at the moment, right? 
So you got to make sure that you are entering the contest either on your phone, you're going through and reserving, or you're doing it on the desktop where you're entering a dummy lineup and then you're just like mass reserving your contests. But once you do that, you should be able to come into the entry editor. I've already uploaded mine, but, but say I already uploaded it and I enter new contests or something like that. You just go to this upload new entries. It's going to look like this. This download template file from DraftKings, this button is directly synced up with DraftKings. So as long as you are on the right sport, the right site, the right date, the right slate, if you have entries reserved for this 11-game main slate today, uh, we will be able to automatically pull that, download that file for you. And then you can just select the file and then um, apply it. And then it will pull in the entries. So if something's wrong, some this isn't working for you, Make sure all of these inputs are correct up at the top. Make sure you have an entries file and then that should get loaded up into the app. And then in the post build, when you come to the post build here, you're done making your adjustments. You figured out what lineups you want to play, et cetera. You go to fill entries. You can do this a couple of different ways. Unique rank should be the default method here. Uh, you, you hit fill. I would always hit this arrow drop down and then hit download and open DraftKings. This is going to take you to the exact page you need to be on to submit your entries. So using the download and open DraftKings is just a shortcut to pop, pop open the DraftKings window to the upload entries page where you need to upload your CSV. All right, 2G, too great, said, thanks, Andrew. What's the best way to use Minimax exposures for players you want in your NBA build? Uh, okay, so let's jump back to NBA here. So I would also take like the right to left approach here that we kind of talked about, but let's just run a couple lineups here. I wouldn't really set any minimax exposures in the home screen. I don't really think that it's um, it's needed unless like you're having a really hard time getting to players that you want in the post build. But I think for the most part, all of my work here with minimax exposures is going to come in the post build phase. So it really just depends. Like, uh, you know, let's say that there's a player that you know you want that you're not getting to here. Um, let's say it's like Steph Curry, right? So I'm just going to put Steph. And then what I'm going to do first is I'm going to use the filter. And I want to see, you know, how many lineups in my pool have Steph? And then what is the first ranked lineup that has him? So like 48, uh, I would be okay playing that. And I would be just fine with it. I think if you were to do this exercise and you only need to have like five players in your five lineups in your pool with this player. And like the first lineup with this player is like rank, you know, 497. I would be pretty concerned about that and would probably not want to play that player overall. But what you just, what you do is just come in here, you know, apply him to however many percentage points of lineups you want. Uh, for me, that's just, I'm building one lineup here. So one is essentially a hundred, uh, but, but handle it on a player by player basis here. I think that even before that step, if I had a set of lineups as opposed to one, I would do something like I did with MLB where I would just come in here and set a default uh, min unique players. I probably messed something up here, but I would just set a, a unique, a default min unique here and then see uh, how that affects my exposures. So by using min uniques, you're going to more organically adjust your exposures here, which we can demo here and you can see. So our top exposures are 190, 80, 70. When I increase this to four, not only is it going to uh, decrease my top exposures overall, but it is going to shift players up and down accordingly. So by doing this, you're making the builder think harder and you're going to say, hey, 
Um, I want at least four players different from every other uh, lineup in my pool. And then the builder goes, okay, well, that means that I really got to um, retain the value, retain the exposure for the for the players that I really think are good for your lineups and then move everybody else around. So the way that the builder is able to organically handle exposure adjustments with mini uniques is way better than I could ever do it. All I would ever do is come in and reduce the exposure to my top players, but maybe it doesn't want to do that. Maybe it wants to play DeJounte Murray at all costs and move everyone else below it. So by allowing the builder to do that organically, I think you ultimately get to better lineups. Um, but I would say as far as like stack types, game stacks, team stacks, I'm not doing too much here in NBA specifically, probably handling it more on a player by player um, basis for min and max exposures. And then lastly, with um, with ex- with exposure adjustments in NBA, uh, if you do it in the all tab, it will apply to all the lineup positions. If you are come into a specific lineup position, it will only have an effect on that lineup position. So a great example is DeJounte Murray. I could zero him out here in the point guard slot, but he could still be put into as many shooting guard slots as the builder sees fit uh, because he is eligible for both positions. So if you want to take a stand against a player, it is better to take that stand in the all tab. All right. Um, Josh said, uh, comment here on the on the Rangers O's. Uh, g- good luck, my friend. Uh, Yelp said, do I have to connect my DraftKings to SaberSim to do this? Okay, so you have to be logged in to DraftKings to do this. So maybe that is like the um, the the um, the point where where we we were off here. So you have to be logged. So say you're doing this on um, on your computer, you have to be logged in to DraftKings. So it's it's good to have just like a window open with DraftKings or like a tab on your browser and make sure you're logged in. As long as you are logged in, the builder is able to go and get that file and retrieve it. So it's possible that is where some of the confusion is coming from. All right. Uh, Looks like we are all caught up on questions in both the Discord and the YouTube chat. If anybody has any final questions, now is a great time to get them in. I'll hang out for a couple minutes here. Wait to see if we have any last minute questions, but we are all caught up to this point. Um, but yeah, you know, just one last time to, to plug owner's box. I think it's a great opportunity to capture some overlay, to play contests where the sharpest players are not playing those contests, to take advantage of getting some of the free Saber Sim credits. So go over, check it out, use code Saber or Saber Sim. And looks like uh, some last questions here. Yelp said, so step one is upload entries. Step two, build lineup. Step three, download CSV. Then step four, fill my entries. Yes. Um, you don't have to wait to download your CSV, but it, it it can totally work in that way. So, you know, build your lineups um, or I'm sorry. So you said upload entries. So uploading entries is uh, what you're going to do in your entries tab. You could also do it via the fill entries button as well here. So you don't have to do it first, but you can um, build your lineups and then you're going to fill your entries before downloading your CSV. So what you're going to do is I have this open for MLB is so, so, so step-by-step here, what I would do is I would come into, I would log into SaberSim. I would go over to the sport, the site, the slate that I am playing. I would go to my entries tab. I would upload my entries, uh, making sure I'm logged into DraftKings using the the link here. And then I would go run a build. I would go into the build, 
make any adjustments I need to. Once I'm satisfied with this build, I would go to fill entries and then I would click fill entries and then I would click download and open DraftKings. And then that will take me back to DraftKings and that would up, that would um, take me to the page where I need to upload my CSV. So that is how I would do it like step by step. Uh, Josh said, best advice for hand builders. I would say uh, get SaberSim and and use an optimizer. Uh, very important to have good projections with, um, you know, ranges of outcomes. I think ranges of outcomes are so important. It is like, I, I, I think it's really bad to just give mean projections without any um, understanding of these players' range of outcomes. Like if you go and look at somebody like Max Scherzer, uh, who's probably going to achieve this projection a lot because this outcome is very normally distributed. And then go and look at some, the next highest projected hitter here, like Aaron judge. And you're going to see that, you know, 20% of the time, which is one fifth, he probably goes over three over four and gets zero points here. So very important to understand these ranges of outcomes by, by having Sims, by doing our Sims at bat by at bat, we're able to capture this data, understand it, understand correlations between players and build you stronger lineups. All right. Uh, Steven said, could you go over the fill lineup option differences? Yeah, totally here. Great question. So this is like a little easier to understand if you have um, multiple contests here, but basically what is going to happen? So, so right here, I have a lineup. I have three lineups that I built and that I saved here. So when I go to fill entries, it is going to select the latest set that I was just using. And then I'm going to have my methods here. So if I were to use rank, what it would do, let's say that I had uh, three single three single entry contests here. If I use rank, it will put the top lineup from that set into every contest. So instead of getting lineup one and then lineup two and then lineup three, I would get lineup one, lineup one, lineup one. So I would get the top lineup each for each individual contest, the top lineup would go into each contest. So that is what rank does. What unique rank does is it will put the top lineup first and then the second lineup and then the third lineup. And then once it uses all three of those lineups, if I had a fourth contest, it'll circle back to the top. And then I would get my first con my first lineup again, and then my second lineup again, and then my third lineup again. So by saying unique rank, what I'm saying is I want to use each lineup in my set once before using any of those lineups again. You, what Unique Random would do is Unique Random would say, okay, you know, I have three single entries, one, two, three. Um, if I do it randomly, maybe my third lineup goes into my top contest. Maybe my second con my second lineup goes into my last contest. So it will take all of your lineups, fill them randomly, but it will still make sure that each lineup gets used at least once before another lineup gets used a second time. And then what exact does is that, let's say that you wanted to fill all your three maxes, um, but you didn't want to sit here. Let's say you had like a huge contest portfolio, but you didn't want to sit here and, you know, uncheck all of the contests that are not three max uh, by using exact, it would just go and find all of the number, all of the contests where the entries are three max and then put this set of lineups into those contests. So those are the four fill methods and those are what they all do. Uh, Shane said, would there be any merit to adding left versus right bats and pitchers to the optimizer? Uh, so we don't show it, I think, in the home screen. 
but we do account for, you know, lefty pitchers, righty batters, um, all of that gets accounted for in the Sims here. So I was actually doing a stream with true DFS earlier today. And there was a question about um, pinch hitter probabilities. And if we're taking that into account and I actually went and checked with the models guys. And so we do have pinch hit probabilities for every batter on the slate, but uh, uh, along with that, we also, because we're doing a bat by a bat, if we come to a point in a sim where it's like sixth inning, uh, lefty pitcher, lefty hitter, we actually boost the pinch hit probability in that instance uh, for that particular uh, at bat at, at that point in time. So there's a probability that the guy gets pinch hit for. So I thought that was really cool. So we are taking into account um, lefty pitchers, righty pitchers, lefty batters, righty batters in so many different ways and forms. And I think that the pinch hit way was just a, a very nuanced way that probably a lot of people didn't know about that I thought was super cool. And, and so did the true DFS guys. Uh, Big Russ said rules for one-offs in MLB. Uh, Russ, if if you were the one who uh, asked the question in the Discord, I did capture that at the beginning of the stream. I'll just pull it up for you here. But basically, uh, you would set a rule to say if at least one player from a team who has a home run uh, rate less than 0.12 here, then use at least two players from the same team. So by, by doing this, you're saying, hey, um, I don't want to use any individual player who has less than a 12% uh, home run rate. So if, if a player has less than that expectation, make sure that you have at least two players from the same team. So I would write the rule exactly as shown on the screen here. Looks like Josh said, thanks. Uh, Shane said, very cool. Yeah, I thought that was super cool myself. Uh, but, but that is it. So great stream, everybody. Appreciate everybody tuning in, asking live questions. I will be right back here tomorrow for our Wednesday show. Uh, might be talking some golf DFS ahead of the masters here. So if you have golf questions, bring them to the show tomorrow. But if you guys are building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your head, drop it in the office hours channel, let it sit there. And then I will get back to it on the very next show. If it's something I can get a a quick answer to, I'll try to get you an answer before uh, slates lock, but that just gives us a steady queue of questions to get going once the stream starts. So until then, Take care, everybody. Good luck in your contest, and I will see you. Bye.